Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Asher Marketing Podcast. I'm Anthony Giuliano, and my guest this week is Amy Warren. Amy, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am great. Thank you so much for joining us. You have a guest with you who can't be seen on the camera, but who is within earshot, and that yes. is your son, correct? Yes. And his name is, coincidentally... Asher. How do you Asher like that? Warren. All right. Yeah. So, Asher, you can tell people this is your podcast <laughs> and you would be able to fool them. All right. Well, thanks for being here, despite your busy life, because we're going to talk about how you have a multifaceted marketing career. But we're going to start at the beginning, whatever that means for you. So, what I'd like you to tell me is when did you start thinking about careers and where did you go from there? And did that lead you to where you are today or did you have to make some turns along the way? So start wherever yeah. you want. Yeah. Um, I would say I was not one of those people who just knew I mm -hmm. always want to be a veterinarian or yeah. just knew. Um, so it just was kind of a thing where my my father was an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. small business owner. And so um, when I was younger, we would travel together mm -hmm. and we got certified for scuba diving. And that really stuck with me, kind of mm -hmm. opened this whole mm -hmm. world. So um, as we traveled, I couldn't understand the, the people. Sure. They were speaking Spanish. And yeah. it's like, what are they saying? So that kind of influenced me in school. I wanted to take another language. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of fast forward to when I was in college and, you know, advisors saying, well, you're a sophomore, you need to pick something. Yeah. And <laughs> where did you go to school? I went to DePaul University oh, yeah. in Greencastle. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And um, so I was like, well, I got to pick something. Mm -hmm. I'm doing okay in Spanish. I guess Spanish it is. Okay. And so All right. okay. graduate uh, with a liberal arts degree and mm -hmm. um, write it about a couple of months before I was going to graduate, I just had like this panic. And so I called my dad mm -hmm. and I was like, I have a major problem. And he's thinking, is she flunking out of school or what's yeah. the problem? <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. And I tell him, no, like I'm going to graduate and I have absolutely yeah. no idea what I'm going to do. And when you're in that position, you think you're the only person yes. experiencing it. And it's yes. actually more common than not among college students that you get to the finish line and you don't know what's now next. What? Yeah. 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 And you also, for me, because it was liberal arts, I didn't really feel qualified in any particular yeah. skill set. Yeah. So my, as an English major, I can empathize. Yes. Yeah. It could apply broadly, <laughs> yeah, but sure. where, where does your next concrete step go? Yeah. And, um, so my dad was like, you know, just try to take something that you like and mm -hmm. put it with something you're good at. And I'm like, I'm so like, Okay, Dad, I like to scuba dive, mm -hmm. and I'm kind of good at Spanish, but not really. Sure. And I like to drink rum. <laughs> what can yeah. I do with that? Let's yeah. make a career out of that. Yeah. You know? and yeah. He's going, well, that might not look that great on the resume, so let's yeah. come up might with a better lead with that. story. Yeah. 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 And so his suggestion was, well, why don't you look at some of the Spanish-speaking countries mm -hmm. out there that maybe don't have a guidebook yeah. about the diving. You could write about it and dive and learn just in more Spanish. So I thought that's great. Mm -hmm. Um well, name some Spanish-speaking countries out there. So he's picturing in his mind there's Florida, and below that there's Cuba. And I just stopped him right there. Hmm. Like, it just sounded, like, so mysterious and, yeah. like, a big challenge. Yeah, and so what thought, was the – What was the state of U.S.-Cuba relations at the time you had that revelation? That was, like, in 98. Mm -hmm. So, like, they – it was still very restricted. Yep. Um, and so my dad, not wanting to shoot down my idea, was like, well, all right, I'll support that if you find a legal way in. And he's thinking, there's no way she's going to get in. Yeah. And I mean, I spent the next month researching oh, wow. everything at the library. Yeah. And I found this 
young socialist philosopher yeah. of America type okay. uh, trip out uh -huh. of I University of yeah. Iowa. It was legit and whatnot. So I signed up for it and I told my dad and I said, the deadline's, you know, in two days if you want to go. And he's thinking, he almost ran over his neighbor on the way to the post office. Like, I'm not yeah. letting her go by yeah. herself. Yeah. Um, and so I wrote a letter in English and Spanish of the idea of the mm -hmm. book thinking, I don't know who I'll meet, but along the way, I'll just try sure. to you know, tell them yeah. what this project is. And the one of the people leading the trip didn't really understand what I was saying. And so I said, well, flip it over, the letters in Spanish. And she goes, oh, I know the director for the Center for Marine Research and Havana, wow. University of Havana. Would that help? <laughs> I was like, that would help. Yeah, that would help a little bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I met with her. Again, we told her the idea, and she started helping us find different spots around the island. And at that time, you had to be fully hosted. In, okay. order, in other mm -hmm. words, you're not spending money in yeah. Cuba. So the university, her um, Center for Marine Research, would host us, and we'd dive around the island wow. on their um, boat, their research boat. Yeah. And that's how I was able to visit these places. And, of course, I had a great time with my dad. Sure. And made all these memories and yeah. whatnot. Um, but, again, didn't know the first thing about publishing a book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so wrote the whole book, and then I didn't realize, oh, I should have been looking for publishers sure. first. Yeah. So it took a good five years wow. to get that thing published. Wow, that's a, that's a pretty <laughs> hard-to-top start to a career. So, so what happens next after that? Well, it didn't really the, so the thing about Cuba is it the it'll look like it's opening and then it closes back yeah, up and then it's sure. tightened restrictions. So right about the time that the book was published and whatnot, the restrictions tightened again. Uh -huh. Um, and I'm thinking, how am I going to sell this book? So um, I went to this trade show. It was an industry trade mm -hmm. show. Um, this person, colleague of my father's said, you can set up in our corner of our booth. So all I had was this huge map of Cuba mm -hmm. and I just put it up there and <laughs> yeah. I had like a blue line rough printout of yeah. the book. It wasn't out yet. And I thought, I'll see if I can sell some advertising sure. on the back of it. And so I made an appointment with um, this company called Patty mm -hmm. Professional Association of Diving Instructors. Yep. They teach the world how to scuba dive. So I met with the vice president of marketing there and I'm trying to sell them advertising on the back of this book for yeah. Cuba that they can't be in. Yeah. <laughs> they can't yeah. be in Cuba. So you want to advertise but, yeah. to, a, to a customer you can't market <laughs> right. to. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I thought it was a great idea. <laughs> so I yeah. um, end up sitting with him for probably over an hour just talking about the scuba diving mm -hmm. industry, the travel industry. Why don't the dive shops do this or that? And um, he told me, you know, if you're ever interested, yeah. you know, look me up. And so I said, yeah, I'd be interested in a career in, you know, scuba diving and yeah. marketing. And it wasn't even maybe two or three months later his team called and said, we've got this opening. Oh, wow. And so at the time I was living in Florida and I yep. moved to California. Kay. And that turned out to be the best job where I really learned the fundamentals of marketing. Wow. I was there for a number of years. But so – I really kind of became an all-around, like, jack-of-all-trades. Yeah. First, I did B2B. Then I did yeah. B2C. Um, and then, uh, as the digital marketing mm -hmm. kind of came on the scene and social yeah. media, it was like, we need to have a presence there. So I kind of pitched him on the idea of this new position mm -hmm. for um, e-marketing, sure. online marketing. Yeah. Um, and so set up the first Facebook page, the first blog, stuff like that. Um, and it just grew from there. Mm -hmm. But it was always like I felt like I was maybe just – one or two Google searches from 
<laughs> from uh, losing my job, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because there there were no classes at yeah, that time. Sure. So, but I knew I knew myself as a as a diver. I knew my clients. Mm-hmm. I knew that what they were looking for, and I knew we had a strong brand. Yeah. So just kind of learning to take the helm of that um, presence mm-hmm. online. Um, and so then that kind of expanded. So Patty being a global company, they added several positions, um, one in Asia Pacific and one in the UK similar to mine. Mm-hmm. So then we had a small team and we'd get together and figure, okay, you take this time zone, yep. I'll post on that time zone. Yeah. And we we build a strategy that way. Okay. Um, and so I was there good 10 years. So it sounds like a job you really loved. Why'd you decide to do something different? So I ended up, well, starting a family. Mm -hmm. We moved moved back to Fort Wayne because I'm originally from here. Um, And so I worked remotely for a while for them. And then after my second child, um, he got a little bit older. And as Mm -hmm. he was getting into kindergarten or so, the you know, the rules change again. Sure. And this time it was a lot more epic. Mm-hmm. Like Obama's like, we're going to restore diplomatic relations. Yeah. And all the contacts in the industry were reaching out to me saying, how do I do this? I want to yeah. get down there. And so I felt like, okay, now's the time. And my dad had always been, you know, a big fan of Cuba. And he's like, let's figure it out yeah. together. Yeah. So we started kind of spitballing the itineraries, knowing, you know, which areas were good and which were not. But man, that was that was a whole nother like level of complications. And oh yeah. How do you figure out who to partner with? And yeah. So we really st- we had one close friend in Cuba that we had had for a number of years that um was kind of like he was able to provide that transient trust, mm-hmm. right? To mm-hmm. kind of vouch for us. So I ended up going to this convention down there for business. And there were some other Americans down there, too, because we were like, how do we get in here? How do we do this? And um, ended up meeting uh, a friend of a friend who said, we're the only company allowed, um, the only agency in Cuba allowed to work with Americans. Here's the process and whatnot. And so it was just a long drawn out over a year yep. to get the contract. You had to go to Washington and get everything, all these wow. cost deals figured out. And then I wanted to have another attorney look at it to make mm-hmm. sure it fits not only our laws, but their sure. laws. Um, so it was a lot going into it, but it was just like, I kind of like the flyby, the seat of your pants yeah, sounds feeling. Like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, and it's, you know, one of the things that makes it attractive is the fact that it could shut down at any time. But one of the things that makes it a huge risk is that it could shut down at any yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. So so this is, and, and what's the name of this entity that you started at this point? It's called Cuba Scuba. And so that's still still part of your professional life yes, today? Yes, I'll right. probably always keep yeah. it just because it's, um, I feel like it's a calling. Yeah. It's definitely a part of who yeah. I am. Um, but the book, you know, 20 years ago was named Cuba Scuba. And then the entity or organization, we mm-hmm. set it up as Cuba Scuba. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, that's great. So you've got that running, you know, in one track on your career. Yeah. But you do some other stuff along the way, too. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So um, I kind of, I've always tried to hone 
marketing and of course you know digital marketing it's always changing yeah. um so i would do different projects here and there um just different people that cross through my life um i'd help build their websites mm-hmm. or well it's um, really the best way to learn is to do it i mean i yeah. know that sounds cliched but it's true I know. and as someone who teaches classes i tell the people who take those classes this is great this tells you how to get in the door but now you have to experiment and yeah. make some mistakes and learn what works and what doesn't yeah It is definitely the way you learn. Um, So, yeah, I worked – I did a lot of odd jobs like that in different projects uh, when my kids were little. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the Cuba Scuba took off way more than I was prepared for. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it took me away from my family quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was kind of like at the spot where it was either going to have to scale up more or is going to have to scale back. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was right around that time that uh, the diplomacy things changed. Yeah. Things got tighter on the restrictions. Mm-hmm. And then the pandemic hit. Yeah. So it kind of like all took sure. care of itself in that term. Sure. Um, and was it just you and your dad? Were there any other employees or was it just the two of you? Um, I had several employees, um, team members in Cuba. Uh-huh. And then I had a couple of tour guides that okay. I worked with. So it was maybe a team of five. Okay. Um, and we, when the pandemic hit, I was so worried for our team in Cuba mm-hmm. because, I mean, they had it way harder oh, sure. than us to yeah. try to figure out what they were doing. So we were in contact almost every day. Wow. And the cool thing is so many of our clients were sending help and yeah. contacting, like, how can we help them and mm-hmm. sending things down there. So I'd say that the biggest mission of the entity has always been to give this transformational experience. Yeah. But that when a client comes home, like their view has changed of Cuba and that mm-hmm. they now become an ambassador for yeah. those Cuban people. Yeah. Because, I mean, we all watch the news. How much stock can we put in yeah. this article or that article? Yeah, well, and it's really, you know, it's the one thing that I've found is is people who I know who have traveled extensively tend to be the most accepting of people who aren't like them. And people who haven't traveled ex- extensively tend to be the least accepting of people like them. But, and I also think – People unlike them, I should like, say. Like, you know, we each have our network of yeah. people that we know – you're not going to argue with someone's personal experience. Mm-hmm. You might argue with an article you read sure. or whatever. Yeah. But so that's really our goal. A lot of people who have come on the trips were the first time. They mm-hmm. were anxious and nervous. Their parents were like, you're going to die down there. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't yeah. go. So it's really rewarding when they come home to share that experience and yeah. show how different it is. Yeah. So Well, and it's funny because that was – some people had the perception that it was dangerous and, and my very, very, very limited experience in Havana was like this is one of the safest cities I feel like I've yeah. ever been in. Yeah. yeah. I mean it was – there was really nothing – there were U.S. cities I've been in and I oh, felt a little sure. bit more at risk. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I I went down there plenty of times just myself. Yeah. I, my youngest was two years old when mm-hmm. I took him down. Yeah. But I think that, that those personal experiences then – those clients then turned into strong advocates, mm-hmm. right? So when the pandemic hit, they were thinking about yeah. the people they'd met down yeah, there. They great. were like, we're ready to go back when yeah. we can. So, so yeah, so that's kind of been the ebb and flow. Well, during the pandemic, obviously, there's no travel. There's mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. So in order to support myself, I was doing several different yeah. sure. <laughs> jobs. Sure. But, um, 
you know, when you start your own business, like I knew marketing and mm-hmm. I knew the product, but I didn't really know accounting very yeah. well. I didn't. Yeah. And there's things that you just have to do because you have to do them. Mm-hmm. And so you gain these skills as you go along. So when you have to pivot, yeah. you, you're, this time you've got more options to pivot yeah. towards. Yeah, sure. Um, so, you know, I actually ended up working for a nursing home chain mm-hmm. here doing mm-hmm. marketing. Yep. Um, locally, and then from there, I ended up doing e-commerce mm-hmm. for about six months, mm-hmm. and then from there, now have um, I'm now at Revival Animal Health, which is uh, a pet supply, and it's all e-commerce that we do. Okay, so you, you, I only know this because you mentioned it before we hit record. Yeah. It's an Iowa-based company. Yeah. How did they find you, or how did you find them? So a recruiter contacted me, mm-hmm. um, and really it was because of the marketing skills that I had sort of hodgepodge yeah. together sure. going sure. along in my life, Yeah, um, that it was a completely different industry, but yeah. yet the skills and, um, you know, approach in your yeah. business acumen applied really well. Um, and I was looking for me, it's really important. The team that I'm with Mm -hmm. the, not the customers that we serve, but the team too. And I, I just felt like they've had a really great culture in that way. They take care of their team. Well, I think ultimately that's what makes a job either fulfilling or not as the people you work with. It's, and that, that sounds obvious, but I know a lot of people who are like, I love this industry. And then they get in a job and they don't like the job. It's because of the people who they're surrounded with. Yeah. Yeah. I, a slight tangent, but it just really hit mm-hmm. me. Um, so my father, as I said, he was a um, a small business owner. Um, I don't. Some people might know it in Fort Wayne. It was Lehman Electronics. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he was sick, and he was um, maybe a week or two before he was going to pass away, um, we decided to have a cookout for him. And I called one of his friends who used to work for him. And he said, well, I'm not just going to write a letter. Like, I want to come. He gets in contact with all the other old employees from 30 years ago. They all dropped what they were doing. They all flew in to come basically say goodbye. And they were holding up old ads of things that they were – and they were telling all these war stories. But it hit me in that moment that Lehman Electronics doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, selling the stereos, that wasn't the thing. The thing was who these people were becoming because they were under his stewardship. Um, And that's really the impact or or the legacy. So I totally agree. It's about the team Mm -hmm. and it's about the the people you touch. Yeah. You know, those clients. I may never see anyone again that went on a trip with me. Yeah. But I know that I made an impact and vice versa for those Cubans that we were able to introduce. Yeah. Well, and and when you're traveling, I just got back from a trip, so this is fresh in my head. But when you're traveling, you're kind of dependent upon the people who know their way around. For sure. And, you know, there's (laughs) – I tend to to get in my own head a little bit. But there's a lot of anxiety that comes with it. And if somebody can help you persevere through that and actually thrive in that uh, environment, it's kind of this bond that you really can't replicate in other ways that quickly. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So, so let's talk a little bit about revival. You mentioned it's a, it's an. Tell me again, an pet supply. Pet supply. Pets, okay. Health, health supplies. All right. So, when was it founded, and and how does the brand present itself? What, how does it differentiate? Yeah. Itself? So it was founded thirty years ago okay. by a veterinarian, okay. um, and it's really kind of it's got a really great niche. Mm-hmm. Um, pet 
pet care at scale. So not necessarily, you know, I own a, a dog, but yeah. I wouldn't necessarily be their client. Yeah. It's really um, shelters, breeders, okay. you know, you have more of a flock of okay. animal, yeah. a flock, a pack yeah. of dogs or cats <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, yet uh, it's not obviously as clinical as your sure. veterinarian. So, you know, like some people are comfortable giving vaccines to mm-hmm. their pets. Um, they want to... Um, they want to have healthy mm-hmm. puppies and kittens to, um, you know, provide a good life for yeah. the other families. So they give them, you know, supplements and things like that. So that's really kind of um, the niche. Mm-hmm. But I would say the coolest thing is the education sets them apart. Okay. So, like, it, you can call in and most all of the people on the phone are, like um, – not like a certified vet tech, but very, very well okay. knowledgeable. They're trained by an industry veterinarian. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can really get your questions answered while you're saying, okay, do I need this? Do I need that? Um, yeah. And obviously they have a whole online e-commerce piece, which um, during the pandemic was like, uh, it grew a lot. Well, and the, and the, the pet ownership went up considerably, my yeah. understanding is, during yeah. the pandemic. Yeah. It definitely went up a lot. And then now, as people are adjusting, people are in the office or they're traveling mm-hmm. again, shelters are filling back uh, up. Yeah. And so they need that support, yeah. too. So Yeah. yeah. So, so what – you're doing e-commerce for this business. Uh-huh. What kind of team are you working with there? Okay. So I love the team. There's um, – about 18 on the marketing okay. team. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in- interestingly divided. You know, I think of digital marketing, but I'm actually a, what is called e-commerce. Mm-hmm. So our, we're like a subset of the marketing yep. team. So um, we've got a developer, mm-hmm. um, a custom solutions person, and then an email and SMS um, strategist mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that are on my part of the team. But we all roll into the marketing team okay. for, you know, they've got national brands. And then a big part of their business is they've got proprietary um, brands as well mm-hmm. that they um, serve to okay. the customer. All right. So are yeah. you spending – is now most of your time spent still learning or do you feel like you are now – fully productive and you're beyond the learning curve. Oh, I'm definitely learning. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. But what I I love about it is so um, it's a strong team, but then we also, you know, hire agencies like mm-hmm. yourself. Yep. Um, and I learn so much from that relationship because yeah. I I feel like I'm a jack of all trades. Yeah. Um, and so, but master of none. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we need agencies like yours yeah. that, you know, an expert in PPC, an yeah. expert in these things. And just by having the conversations, I, I glean like every single day just yeah. from that portion of my job, which is exciting. I feel yeah. like. You want to learn and grow wherever you are. Yeah, and it's it's one of my favorite things about working here is there's – I'm one of the few non-specialists. Everyone else is really great at a very specific thing mm-hmm. and just kind of absorbing some of that um, makes me a little smarter in each of those areas, although I'll never touch where they are. But yeah, yeah. I, I see that for sure. Uh, all right, so let's pivot to the speed round of the show. And it okay. doesn't have to be a speed round. Okay. It can go as long <laughs> as you want it to go. But I want to talk about a few things we've touched on, but in a more specific way. So my first question has to do with career fulfillment, career success. You've, you've alluded to a lot of different things, but what's your one best piece of advice when it comes to setting yourself up for a successful career? Um, I think the first thing is listening to that little inkling, the passion. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I feel like that gives you the direction. It's sort of like the little beacon homing device. Yeah. 
Um, but then I, I would say try to find other people who are smarter than you mm-hmm. to glean from and put yourself in their path. Okay. Um, that would definitely be – I would say that's how I end up pivoting and just not being afraid to go have these conversa- conversations yeah. um, because you may have something for that person or vice versa or they might just say, I know somebody you should talk to. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times – I feel like a career is just a series of pivots, Mm -hmm. but you kind of know the general direction. And actually, this um, past week on our marketing team, someone shared this quote about um, leadership isn't about where your company's going. It's about who your company is becoming. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel that. And I also feel that on a personal level, too. So, like, your career direction is your passion, who you're becoming along the way. Mm -hmm. Right. And who you're passing that on to yeah. is really the whole point. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, let's talk about you have multiple organizations you work for and with. But if you wanted to amplify something that you think is underappreciated or you wanted to clear up a myth or misconception about any of the entities you work with, what would that oh. one thing be? Could be something oh about gosh. Cuba. It could be something about you know, your, your role as a, as a small business owner, it could be related to the pet world, anything you want. Yeah. Um, I guess, I mean, Cuba is just, it's the land of myths mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and misconceptions. So I think I would say that, and as an American, you think they don't like us or mm-hmm. communism is bad or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you take the politics out of it, um, Typically, it's, you know, we're not our government. Mm-hmm. I'm not my government. You're yeah. not your government. Yeah. And there's a lot of things we can appreciate from one another. So I yeah. guess I would just say, yeah, that would probably be the biggest myth. Yeah. Well, I think that's an important being one. being afraid yeah. to overcome that. So I think in business, you know, you, you have to um, qualify your customers. Mm-hmm. And um, so I always worked hard, like, for with my dive shops and things of – this is not for everyone, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, there's a, you there's all inclusives and whatnot that you yeah. go to, but I think here is a certain level of adventure and being able to go with the flow. Yeah, yeah. and um, our Cuba, they always say siempre hay una solución. There's always a solution. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we made the armado, and we we actually started prepping people with the mindset before they go that when you see this happen, because it's going to happen, yeah. this is the itinerary that's printed. Yep. This is not the itinerary yeah. that we'll end up with. Yeah. It'll be better because the plan B that they pivot for is always better. Yeah. I think that's true in our, our career, too. You yeah. know, you have a sort of a direction, but um, plan B is often yeah. Better. Yeah. Well, I, it's funny you mentioned that because just today on LinkedIn, I posted a rejection letter I received in 1996 for what I thought was the job I wanted. Yeah. And the best thing that ever happened to me was not getting that job. There you go. It was in It was in print media, which, you know, isn't all that healthy right now. Right. And I was talking about all the things that wouldn't have happened if I had taken that job. So, yeah. Yeah. And, That's you know, true. and sometimes the biggest challenges make the best memories. And, you know, you're going to go to Cuba and occasionally the lights may go off where you oh, stay. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. stuff's going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it was funny because you, I think it's really astute what you said about politics and the perceptions about Cuba. Again, I was there for a very short time, but one of the people I met said, you know, to the U.S. 
Cuba is Castro, and to us that is such a small fraction of our history. Right. And it's it's about a lot more than that. And that was maybe the biggest eye-opener for me was learning that to them, that's a blip on the radar screen. Yeah. To us, it's kind of synonymous with the country. Yeah. And that's not really, you know, fair or right to think it can be caricatured in that way. Yeah, and I do think, you know, we get so stuck in – it's so easy to trip over politics and mm-hmm. find all the ways that we disagree yeah. and all these different conflicting views. And it's much more – fun to find the humanness in it yeah and where and we have so much more in common than we think um but even like for my kids and things to take them there there's so many wonderful things that mm-hmm. we that our culture lacks yeah um that we can appreciate and vice versa so yeah then you come home and you kind of hodgepodge the different views of the people you've met yeah and who have inspired you yeah so. Yeah, it's a great experience for your kids too. Yeah. yeah. All right, one more. So, what is your best? And I'm, I'm putting more pressure on it than there really is. It doesn't have to be your best, but yeah. what is a tip or trick or tool or hack you use as a marketer that is important in your work that you thinks you think deserves to be either amplified or that people should know about? People have said pen and paper. People have said uh-huh. Evernote. So it okay. doesn't have to be profound, but something that okay. you really rely on that you think is underappreciated. Okay. So I can't stand accounting, yeah. <laughs> but it's a necessary part of yeah. being a small business owner. So an app that really helped me was Zoho. Okay. Um, it's for small business and it's got all, all kinds of invoicing, accounting, okay. you name it. Um, you, you can connect so many portions to it. But for me, it was so much of the business in Cuba, you can't use your credit card. So yeah. I was constantly keeping track of how much cash on this oh, receipt wow. and that receipt. Well, Zoho, you just take the photo, you categorize what it was, and it's in your app, and wow. it's all done wow. for my accountant. <laughs> so is it, is it kind of <laughs> like, so is it like QuickBooks? Is that it a, kind, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like QuickBooks okay. and, you know, probably a QuickBooks app. I didn't use that because I was just like, oh, sure. this is, it's yeah. already connected into everything else I use. But that saved me so much time later yeah. on. Okay. All right. So. Well, that I would I would not have expected from a marketer here about no. accounting software. But, but that's why we go. have the conversation. And I would say the other tip is um, think about, like, project yourself down the road. Like, mm-hmm. if I go down this path, you know, how will that look for me? And mm-hmm. how will that look for, you know, those connected to me? And so – I wanted to have fun. Yeah. I wanted to pick a oh, field sure. that I could have fun. Yeah. And I wanted to be able to bring my kids along. Yeah. I wanted to be able to do those things. And um, so there's no reason that your career has to be this part of your life in a box. Yeah. And, you know, your personal stuff is over here. Like, I think that's one of the best things about the last two years is those barriers have really come down. Yeah. And we're starting to be, I think, more, more our authentic selves at work. Agreed. And it's – it's not these artificial barriers where you're this person from nine to five and then right. you become a completely different person. I, yeah. I think that's great. It sounds like you were ahead of that curve a I little bit. I think companies now are more more apt in the last two years to see us as a whole person. Yeah. Whereas before it was like, these are the tasks and this has to be priority. Yeah. You have to take off an hour to run the kids here yeah. and there. Like well, that's that you're just not dedicated. Yeah. Obviously, you know, companies have realized yeah. family first. Right. I, I, yeah, I hope so. I hope uh, well, they, they should. Yeah. yeah. And, well, uh, and, and yeah. I think it's like you know when you pe- see people on Zoom or Teams or whatever, and the cat walks by yeah. the screen, it's kind of hard to avoid <laughs> that. You know the 
the facade is over. People right. have lives. And, you know, when the kid is screaming in the background, uh-huh. the cat runs across and, you know, the spouse walks by. And it's by. so relatable. Yeah. It, yeah. I love even, like, when people get on the screen and you see whatever. They decorated yeah. their walls with yeah. a trip they were on or whatever. You already immediately yeah. get a sense of that person's yeah. personality. Yeah. Yeah. So I like it. Well, that's great. Yeah. Well, this has been awesome. Thanks, Amy. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thanks it for joining me. And thanks to everyone who took the opportunity to listen to this episode of the Asher Marketing Podcast. We'll be back next week with another great guest, and we hope you'll join us then. 